John Milton, in his Tetrachordon, writes, Loneliness was the first thing which God's eyes named not good. Loneliness doesn't happen when you're alone. Solitude does not equate to loneliness. You can be in a crowded room and be lonely. You can be in a relationship and feel alone. God's solution to loneliness in Eden was not more people, but a compatible marriage relationship, where the male and the female become one together in marriage. Marriage, more than a gift, it is a communion that eradicates loneliness. I'm Michael Mueller. This is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome back to Sabbath School University and to an interesting topic today about marriage. And we have a couple of guests here and uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself and maybe a significant companion that, that you've had throughout the years. Okay, I'm Megan Channer and my significant companion would be my mom, I think. Because if I have a problem, I run to her. And mm -hmm. so. That is a very important <laughs> companion, and uh, she knows you She's known me very, very long. <laughs> I can't hide anything from her, and I know she won't judge me. That is great. Those are great characteristics <laughs> for a companion. Yeah. My name is Andrew Campbell. I'm a student here at Andrews University, and my favorite companion in the whole wide world has to be my wife. Um, I know you said a companion over the years. We we are not quite at a year yet, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, I, I really enjoy spending time with her. That is very good. If you can say that after that amount of time, <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to say that after more. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm Steve Toscano, and um, I'd have to also go with my wife. If I didn't, I'd be in trouble. But <laughs> she watches the show too. But um, in all honesty, um, we've been best friends since yeah. high school. We were high school sweethearts. And um, every day with her is uh, even better than the previous day. And I'm really just uh, so privileged to be her husband. Yeah. That is, that is great. Now, of course, I have to say my wife as well. But to spice things up and to add somebody else, my wife is, is a wonderful person. I would, I would say another great companion that I have is my brother. Uh, we used to fight a lot uh, when we were growing up. Uh, I guess we were too close in age or not <laughs> close enough or something like that, right in between. And we were just at each other's throats uh, for most. But uh, we talk several times a week and we just have a, he just calls him, oh, I just want to talk to you. And so we have a really great relationship and, and great companionship. Before we get into our questions, let's start off with the prayer and with our uh, text reading. Steve, would you be willing to do that? Sure. The key text is, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Genesis 2.18. Let's pray. Dear God of heaven, Father, as we spend a few 
moments talking about marriage and the, the beautiful gift that you had given to us. I pray, Lord, that we would um, do so in a way that gives you all the honor and the glory. I pray, Lord, that we would recognize just how wonderful this precious gift of companionship really is and how it points to our relationship with you. Please, Lord, bless us as we talk about marriage. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You read that first passage, our key text, and it says something was not good. Everything else is good the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, but there's something that isn't good mm -hmm. on the sixth day. And uh, that is the, the loneliness or the, the, the solitude of, of, of Adam. What, do we, what can we learn from that or what's significant about that? Well, I think that when God is saying, like, this is good, this is good, this is not good, it, it's almost like he's saying it's not finished and stuff and as a painter like I can kind of imagine you know when I'm painting I will come and paint the base of something mm -hmm. like I have a painting where it's just kind of the shapes of all my siblings faces mm -hmm. and stuff and then I'll come back later and I'll paint some more and I'll paint some more and stuff and it's never finished until I say okay this is perfect this is done and stuff and so when God is God is making things man is good in itself you know like, but he's not finished. Mm -hmm. He needs mm -hmm. something more. And stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what came to my mind. Yeah. That's a very, very nice illustration that you have there. Yeah, I, I like that picture of God as artist. And, you know, that, yeah, I really like that. Another thing that I see is that, <clears throat> uh, you know, you, you tend to appreciate things more when you recognize that you have a need for it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I always have water and I always have food, um, I don't quite appreciate it as much as someone who knows what it is to be hungry, to be thirsty, and to just be longing for, you know, just a, a, a single bowl of food or, or a drink of water. Um, and I think somehow, maybe that's what, and this is my speculation, um, I think that maybe that was God's intention that, you know, Adam would recognize that him on his own, he's, he's missing something, mm -hmm. missing someone. And, um, and God provides him Eve. And, you know, that's, that's how I look at it. You know, I definitely agree. I think that that scripture highlights the fact that, that man um, is not meant to be uh, living in isolation we are actually created as social creatures, meant to spend time with one another, meant to uh, have fellowship with one another. And I think that from the very beginning, God highlighted this because He wanted to help us, like you mentioned, realize how important that is. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to be hermits that live off in some you know, cave or whatever, yeah. but God wants us to spend time with people. Yeah. And I think that's very valuable. I think it, it also illustrates one, one other aspect, and that is God, why did God create this universe at all? What, what is the purpose behind it? We don't really know. Um, there's nothing in, in the Bible that this is the purpose and that I created you because. Yeah. Um, but I think there's this hint of it. There's this companionship idea that, that even God 
is interested in in a companionship and 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 just like a man adam looks for companionship in eve mm -hmm. that similarly god intended this to be a relationship so there's there's multiple relationships that that are demonstrated levels of relationship mm -hmm. that can be demonstrated mm -hmm. uh, through that and then also you see god the, the genesis actually says that we are made in his image and it, and it specifically says you know Male and female, he created them basically in, in the image of God, um, and the two together represent the the image of God's mm -hmm. creation. And I think that's that also says something about God. You know that God is it, he 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 has a sense of community within himself, and you know we call that the Trinity. And um, but yet there's this oneness. Mm -hmm. uh, and the oneness of marriage is, is supposed to represent in a type of a shadow, like a kind of shadow of, you know, the, the Trinity in heaven. I'm, I, I think you bring out some, some very important points. We'll get back to them mm -hmm. uh, again as, as we look at, at some of these issues. Um, I am surprised, to be honest, that Eve wasn't by herself. Why was it Adam that had to be by, by himself? Uh, was he the only one that had to learn what it means to this yearning that you mm. talked about, that, that glass of water that you... Um, I don't mm. know, some people have speculated about, I don't know, it's just pure speculation. Mm -hmm. But it is something that has crossed my mind. Couldn't have God created them like in two different parts of the garden and mm. then they would have found to? I don't know. He had a purpose with it, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, just saying here, you know, Adam was asleep when, in a deep sleep, when God mm -hmm. created Eve. And we don't know, I mean, not maybe, how long maybe there she was, was Yeah, alone. there we go. Maybe that's the solution to the... <laughs> and, you know, God eventually brought her to Adam. And, and yeah, the two met Megan. each other. Aren't women more traditionally the relationship seekers anyways? And I think Adam probably had to realize he was alone first. Because <laughs> if it was Eve first, she'd be like, okay, maybe, where is he? <laughs> maybe that, that's one solution that I've, that I've heard. The uncommitted I mean, male <laughs> versus women the... Women are all like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard things about that, you know, like, uh, you know, it's, people say that, you know, God actually commands the man to love, but it doesn't explicitly command the woman to love in, in yeah. Scripture because it comes natural for the woman. And so, I mean, I'm sure you Maybe. can make a case for, for that. You know. So marriage is, is, is created, and God speaks about uh, the you shall become one. You shall leave father and mother, which, of mm -hmm. course, doesn't apply to Adam and Eve um, in that sense, but mm -hmm. you shall become one. What can we learn about marriage um, from, from the scriptures? Yeah, I think you're, you're bringing out a very good point, um, the fact that the two are becoming one, um, and the fact that God says leave the father and the mother. Um, when you think about it, when you're growing up, your family relationship, that, that, that core, is the closest bond that you experience as a mm -hmm. child growing up, uh, or at least it should be that way. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't happen that way all the time, but that's the way it, it was designed to be. And uh, God is now saying there's a relationship that trumps even that one. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the, the most closely knit relationship that there is you know, within, you know, human relations. And, and um, so that's one scriptural principle that is the closest relationship that any two human beings, a male and a female, can have. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is that God designed for marriage to 
be you know eternal there wasn't supposed to be any death and and you know you see that in Matthew where Jesus basically says to those who are questioning him you know from they're they're saying you know what about divorce you know Moses said it was okay to divorce and he says from the beginning it wasn't that way Mm -hmm. Um, you know it was because of your stubbornness that this came about so marriage is very close and it's and very long very long (laughs) yeah some some would say an eternity. <laughs> There's two ways to see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, other principles. What else can we can we take away from? I think just continuing off of what um, Andrew just shared. I think that um, the fact that marriage is meant to be forever, and that divorce was not part of God's plan from the very beginning. I think that that in and of itself shows us that before entering into a marriage relationship, mm-hmm. we better make sure we do our homework on the one we plan to marry. Yeah. You see, because if this is a final uh, marriage, and if divorce is not really what God wants for us, mm-hmm. this means that God intends for us to figure out that we are indeed following His will in taking the hand of that other person. Mm-hmm. And that, that involves a lot of things. That involves uh, getting to know the person, yeah. not just being filled with an infatuation or you know deciding to marry them because they have a nice car or lots of money or whatever it may be, but actually knowing the person, knowing who they are, knowing their strengths, their weaknesses, knowing their family, mm-hmm. knowing uh, whether or not they are interested in the practical duties of life, or if they just want to just lounge around and do nothing. These sort of things, I think, are highlighted by the emphasis that God says that what God has put together, let no man put us under. I think there's another thing, though. I think you bring out a valuable point, and that is knowing the other person. I think there's another point, and and that is a commitment to change with that person. Mm -hmm. Because we all adapt throughout life. Um, We all change our opinions on some things. We change our behavior from time to time. Uh, we go through crises, situations, the midlife crisis mm. for the men. Or, uh, you know, there, there are moments in life where we change, mm-hmm. and it's a commitment to change along with somebody, mm-hmm. uh, to put somebody else's welfare into the mix, and not just my own, I'm going to stay rigid, and this is what I believe, yeah. but to be able to, to swing through life and move through life together and to adapt to each other. And in that way, I think, you know, that emphasizes the fact that we are supposed to be flexible with one another and accommodating with one another. Mm -hmm. And we're not supposed to give up, you know, on our spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way that God does not give up on us. Mm -hmm. You know, if we if we have a disagreement, there's something, you know, we have done wrong. God doesn't give up on us, but he continues to work with us where we're at, like you said. I, I look at a, a story in the Old Testament that, that has always fascinated me because it's so short and so... But uh, it's a story of, of David and Abigail. Um, okay, yeah. It's a story of, of two people, a, a man and a woman, and, and he marries her. Why does he marry her? To take care of her. And I think mm. that, that's, a, that's a wonderful image as well. It's also about taking care of, of supporting one another. I think that we could add to the list of principles that we've we've mm. already mentioned yeah. taking care of somebody giving that environment where somebody can blossom 
to encourage somebody, to give a foundation to somebody. Abigail did not have. Her husband had died. He ha she has no means of supporting herself. And so David says, I will support you. I'll give you that platform on which you can stand, that financial stability, that stability in life. Yeah. And I will let you flower, blossom again. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because when you look at Scripture, you see that the kind of love that God wants to see in manifested in a marriage is a self-sacrificing love. And Ephesians 5, um, verse 22 to 25, basically uh, describes it as the same kind of love that Christ demonstrates towards us. That love being that He, would, he was willing to give His own life you know, for us. And, and that's a pretty high calling. Um, because that's not something that's easy to do. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing that can come from within ourselves. Um, that, that's some, it's, it's easy to love someone who's very good and you know, someone who loves you back and someone who does all the right things. Um, but it can be difficult to, to love someone who's, you know, has rough edges. And you know, so when the Bible says, you know, love the way that Christ loves you. Um, that's a high calling because Christ loved us and died for us while we were still His enemies, you know, Romans says, uh, Romans uh, 5, you know, while, while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, he, he loved us so much that He would die for us. And, yeah. There are probably different stages of love, right? There's, there's the, oh, I'm infatuated with the physical appearance of somebody, and that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a natural thing, there's nothing wrong with that, but if it remains there, then, then we run into problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's even the getting to know a person. I think then the next level is changing with the person. Yeah. And then there's that giving my all for another person. Mm -hmm. God, and uh, Jesus speaks about that giving your all also for your friends, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. The good friend is the one that lays down his life for his, other, for, mm -hmm. for his friends. Um, that is not just marriage, but the ideal of companionship throughout life, whether you're married or, or you're not, not married. Married, of course, being a very special um, union. Well, I think that going back to Abigail and David, like how, what is the word? How much of an influence can like one person be on another? Like David was angry. He was gonna go kill anybody who was a male and stuff. <laughs> I believe the Bible said anyone pissed against the wall. Mm -hmm. And he was going to kill like everybody. And she came and she talked him out of it, mm -hmm. showed him the right course, showed him where he was. And you know how many women in the Bible have encouraged their husbands to do evil? Mm -hmm. Like how many examples and stuff? Like I think God sets people together to be a strength, to, to keep each other on the right path and stuff. And I think that is a big um, element to the companionship and stuff. I think you're absolutely right uh, that that collaboration and that Abigail was a very wise woman and mm. uh, David was angry in that instance and, mm. and she was able to... Calm him down. Yes, exactly. Um, get him thinking about... And we see a lot of those examples. We see some bad examples, Jezebel and Ahab, for example. <laughs> That's not a, not a really good example. Yeah. Um, but we also see some very good examples. Aquila and Priscilla, 
this yeah. couple that yeah. that goes with Paul and ministers, and they're just an amazing couple. Yeah. We have Junior and Andrikos, mm -hmm. which are uh, probably also a, a couple that served diligently and were numbered among the apostles. Yeah. We have a lot of these examples where a husband and wife team uh, did amazing things together, this companionship. You know what I think um, is important is that the fact that male and female together consists of the image of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God does not desire for us to marry someone who is exactly like us. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. God desires for us to marry someone of the opposite sex, of course, but someone who can complement us, mm -hmm. someone who can uh, be strong where we perhaps are weak, and we can be strong where they perhaps are weak. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that in marriage itself, we find this wonderful sense of compliment, uh, complementary yeah. relationship. Um, not meant to put anyone down or anything like this, but meant to really fulfill and really highlight that image of God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the story of, of the creation of Eve uh, adds some more principles or ideas. What, what do you see in that, uh, in that story in Genesis about how Eve was created that can add to the principles of marriage? Mm. Um, you, you know, when you think about the fact that uh, God created Eve from the rib of, of Adam, you know, Ellen White has an uh, interesting take on, on that particular, uh, or on the significance of, that, of what God did there. She says that, you know, he didn't take a bone from the foot uh, indicating that she should be trampled upon or from mm -hmm. the head that she should be superior to him, but he took a bone from the side indicating equality. Um, I also think about, you know, the way that both of them are formed, you know, Adam from the dust of the ground and, and Eve is formed from, from this rib. And you see that God is, he gives equal attention, you know, to bo both of them. He, he's loving in, in the way that he creates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those are some of the thoughts that come to my mind when I think about the way, the method that Eve was created. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think those are some valuable points, mm. yes. I think there's also an aspect of respect and care, and you already mentioned that, but a principle that we might take out of that is marriage or any good companionship is, is a lot about respecting another person mm -hmm. and, and valuing them, not treating them as, as an object. Right. Uh, yeah. Throughout a lot of history, wives have of, often been counted as an, as an object um, yeah. property. Uh, I own this. No, this is this is not somebody that you own. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a companion. This is somebody a helpmate. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, no, uh, not a helper, you know, <laughs> yeah. but a help meet for him. A help that is equal to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's important because sometimes, you know, as you mentioned, um, patriarchy, while it was an institution created by God, it nonetheless was often abused mm -hmm. and misused and misapplied. And I think that the sense that, as you mentioned, it's very important for us to remember that in the sight of God, there is equal value and worth mm -hmm. for men and women, husband and wives. Yeah. I would even go a step further and say there is equality, um, not just equal worth, that is true, but 
equality. Sometimes people say, well, there's that curse, uh, wife should be submissive to her husband. We talked about that a couple of uh, lessons ago, and I think we, we came to the agreement that, that this is descriptive. Mm -hmm. Relationships can deteriorate. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the husband has to rule over, but relationships deteriorate. History has taught us that that is what has happened. It doesn't mean that it has to be that way. It's not prescriptive in that sense. Yeah. It is only descriptive, describing that relationships deteriorate. You know, something that I've actually found almost funny is that, you know, sometimes people will use this helper um, example to, to put down women. And yeah. if, you really, if you really think about it, when someone is, when one person is helping another, which one is which one is the one that's stronger? <laughs> generally, is it the one who is giving the help or the one who's receiving the help? So I always I always find that funny that people use that to you know put mm -hmm. down women when really if you would think about it if you're going to use it in that way, and it's like you know it's actually the opposite of what they're trying to say. I, I think you're you're right about that. What can we learn about? how our relationships can be better. Now, some of us are married, some of us aren't, um, and that applies to what can we learn, what principles can we take away that, that will improve our relationships this coming week? Hmm. Well, I think that relationships start with you personally because I heard an illustration once that if you have two, here's two cups, <laughs> if you have two empty cups, how can one fill the other, you know? We need God to fill us up first. We need to be softened, like, first. And then in the marriage, like, in the relationship, you become softened by each other and stuff. But you have to have a sense of self and God mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if anything's going to work. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to fall apart. Because mm -hmm. you can't, an empty cup can't fill another empty cup. That's yeah, and I, I like think that. the point that you're bringing out is very important because, you know, when you, when you say focusing on self, really it's not a selfishness, but it's really a focus on God and allowing yeah. God to work with you. Uh, yeah, and, um, and I think as far as the marriage relationship goes, an important principle there is the willingness to put someone ahead of yourself. Mm -hmm. The needs of an, another, you know, high, holding that as more important than your own needs. I think that's a very important principle mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we can take from Scripture in marriage. Hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, marriage itself is such a beautiful symbol mm -hmm. um, or analogy that's, that's made in connection with the relationship that God has with His church, His people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I find there is that when we read passages like Ephesians 5, yeah we see how Christ um, interacts with His bride, how Christ treats and regards His bride. You know, we know that Christ allowed Himself to be beaten. He, he gave everything yeah. for the benefit of His bride. And then the Bible says that in that same way, husbands should love their wives yeah. even as they love their yeah. own selves. Yeah. And I think this is where we come back to the very beginning where we say the relationship that God wants with us is that analogy that's in that really close bond. And if we want to improve our relationships, we should look to God to fill us. If we're not full, we can't do it. And to have that same kind of relationship that He has for us. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show. Marriages can often be the greatest blessings. 
sometimes unfortunately also the greatest curses in our lives. They can showcase our utmost respect for each other or demonstrate the breakdown of everything we treasure. God intended companionship to be the most intimate reflection of His relationship to us. Shouldn't our marriages and our relationships then be a reflection to others of our love for God as well? I'm Eike Mueller. We'll see you next week on Sabbath School University.